Blog Talk Radio. Join Mildred Lynn McDonald for a fascinating tour of the mind-body-spirit connection. Enjoy nourishing conversations, thought-provoking guests, personal growth tools, compassionate guidance, practical tips, plus a generous sprinkling of East Coast humor and warmth. Airs the first Sunday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. For more information, please go to HealingConversationsWithMildredLynn.com. And now, let's join Mildred Lynn. Hello, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Healing Conversations, live from Sebastopol, California. Thank you for joining us. Today, we have a special treat because we're going to be talking to Jane Del Pato, an amazing alternative practitioner who is a medicine woman, a modern-day shaman, healer, acupuncturist, nutritionist, sound healer, ascension facilitator, and a soul path transformational guide. And she does all this from her home base at Love Life Alternative Healthcare and Pharmacy in Telluride, Colorado. Today, Jane is going to share an intriguing personal journey explain the nature of her healing mission, and give us a rare glimpse into her alternative therapy toolbox. You'll love it. So without further ado, let's welcome Jane to the show. Are you there, Jane? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you. And how's the weather? You mentioned that it's snowing a bit. It's beautiful. I'm living in a snow globe that I love because we hold all the water here in Colorado for the western watershed and also on the continental divide the the water either goes to the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean so the water the snow in Colorado is important for everybody California everybody in Phoenix they take showers and drink out of the water that's falling here today so I pray for snow for everybody so it's snowing yay (laughs) well that's why when I see you on Facebook and it's snowing you always seem to be very enthusiastic you just gave me the answer to my question (laughs) <laughs> yep. It rains or it snows, either one. I'm just so for the water for everybody. Yeah. I believe that the most valuable resource in the whole world is water. And I think every human being and every living creature should have access to free, clean water. I'm with you, Jane. I'm with you 100%. Now, to look at you and where you are in your life, in the introduction, you do so many things. Why do you do the work you do? Is it a calling, a a feeling, a passion, a vocation, a cause? Why do you show up as you do? Actually, it's all of those, and um, it's a story that has unfolded for me through music. Grateful Dead saved my life and helped me awaken to who I am and what my purpose here was on the earth, and um, then started listening to a lot more music and bands and what they were saying and actually listening to the words. At different times, it's because it's a calling, and sometimes it's because it's a passion that I want to help somebody, or it's a feeling that I'm supposed to be praying for water, the cause of humanity needing water and the value of that resource for everybody. So it becomes everything for me. It's like it's in every cell of my being, and I'm I'm just living my dharma. I'm living my path to clear all my karma to help humanity. As an aside, I had mentioned I live in Sebastopol, California. I believe that one of the members of the Grateful Dead resides here. Yes, the Grateful Dead was all from Northern California, and you have a lot of that energy still permeating through there. And some of their songs were talking about the bridge that you cross after the Golden Gate, and it says rainbows end down that highway. Well, you're passing through the the rainbow. Because Northern California, in a lot of people's minds, is like the Garden of Eden. 
Well, it certainly is in my mind. And I laughed because it was always my dream to live in the 60s and be in California. I arrived a little late, but being here in Sebastopol, you can still see that flavor permeate the town. So I feel very blessed and very appreciative of being in the here and now. So back to you. I wanted to ask, with the healing work you do, the alternative therapy, the way you look at life, did you always know that you were going to do this type of work, or was it a surprise? Um, actually, it was a surprise because I was on my way to going to law school to be a water lawyer. So it was something, I knew something about water the whole time. And then I started, I was actually in college at the time, and I went to take a test in an economics class. And when I went to look at the paper, all of a sudden I couldn't remember anything that I had learned. And I've never had a problem with any class ever. I could always do really well in school. And then all of a sudden I went and I talked to a counselor that day about some things and he gave me a couple of books and about be here now and a lot of things and then when I started going back to the Grateful Dead because I'd already been seeing them it was like I was awakening because something was starting to click for me and then it started to fall into place it would be like oh well I want to go to massage school and then the next thing I know I'm massaging artists and and rock stars and stuff and I was like oh okay this is cool oh I'm going to study plant medicine you know and then I was giving them the medicines and stuff and talking to them about not taking don't get a flu shot use this instead to help yourself so that you know how to stay healthy and then the next thing it would be like oh acupuncture comes along because I needed it it healed an injury that I had when my foot was broken once and then when they took the cast off they had set it wrong and wanted to re-break it so then there's where the acupuncture came in then my Dear, dear friend from the band Widespread Panic died of pancreatic cancer, and boom, that next week I was in classes dealing with sound healing. We started doing sound healing on all the musicians. So I just kept following that, which would I would listen to my inner listening when I would pray for guidance and direction, because that's one thing I've always done is I'll say, give me guidance and direction, give me guidance and direction, give me guidance and direction. And I do that when I'm in nature, hiking, biking, skiing, on the beach, anywhere, just asking, you know, what am I here for? What did I come to the earth for? I didn't come here to go shopping and have a bunch of crap. I know that. You know, I, that is not who I am. I don't wear gold jewelry. I don't have Botox in my face. My body is all mine. I work on it. You know, my clothes, I'm not really going to a department store to buy stuff. It's just not me. You see me, I'm skiing every day. I'm doing other things. I, I live in a different world. My world is, I live in heaven on earth. That's as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I really like how you're sharing your journey because I know many people who try to listen to their inner voice they struggle because they feel that they need to know the answer now or they need to have the equation completed now. And it looked like you grew organically and went from thing to thing. And all of a sudden, today, you have all these wonderful tools in your toolbox that you can use to help people and yourself. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I just read an amazing book recently, and it's called The Untethered Soul. And it talks about the voice inside of our head. Because the longest journey that any human will ever make in their life is from their head to their heart. And when we drop into our heart and we live from love and light, in everything that we do, we just have compassion upon every, every scenario or every story that's taking place. Then it's different than being in our head and talking to ourselves. Because ultimately, who are we talking to in our head? And are they telling us good things or negative things or making us judge and feel fear and unsafe? If we get rid of that voice in our head and pull it out and sit it down next to us on the side of the couch, you'd probably tell them to shut up. And you wouldn't introduce them as your friend to anybody. That's not your friend. You'd be like, that's not my friend. Because they're not talking very positive about you. 
So when we make that journey into our heart, and that's what I've done over my life is really dropped into my heart, hence my business is called Love Life. And did I know it all the way along? No. I just allowed myself to organically be okay with processing the emotions of what I felt because I'm alive and I have emotions. If I was angry, I was angry. If I was happy, I was happy. But I experienced all of them. And some people will be like, well, you shouldn't get so angry. And I'm like, really? You want that to stay inside me? Mm. And so it's about really honoring what I'm feeling and allowing myself to find joy and happiness. I'm happy with what I do. I help people and I love that. I love my job. You know, I just traveled all the way back from Costa Rica and for two days to get here, basically three days from the day I left where I was in Costa Rica all the way back. And then yesterday morning, eight o'clock, there I am in my office treating people. And the guys were like, oh my God, aren't you tired? And I was like, no, you, you give me so much positive energy. You're such good people. You know, I really enjoy being with you and thank you for being my clients. And they laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And you laugh with them. (laughs) Like, you know, you really don't get it. So, Jane, on your journey, and this is one type of question I love to hear because I'm always so curious to find out the answers, life lessons. So as you went on your happy trail through life, I'm sure you had some ah moments or realizations. So I'm wondering if you could share some of that with us. When my friend died of the pancreatic cancer, Mm -hmm. it was devastating for me because he had told me months before that that he didn't want to be a rock star. He didn't like the energy coming at him, and it was a lot for him to sit on the stage there. And he ended up sitting down and kind of hiding from the crowd. There's a woman, uh, somebody, she writes the book about Hayes, about um, what energy. Louise Hayes? Louise Hayes, yeah. Yeah. And so pancreatic cancer is his loss of the sweetness of life. And he had told me he didn't want to do it. He wasn't following his passion, his love. And so that was a really big lesson for me when he said that. And then I watched him die of that. He was one of my best and dearest friends in the whole world. And I couldn't help him. And Western medicine couldn't help him. So that loss of him and the loss of that sweetness of life and realizing that Western medicine could not save my friend, couldn't help him, that taught me that I was like, we need to really get back into the Garden of Eden and find the medicine that's here for the people. Because there is medicine for the people on this planet. There are medicines that really help humanity. And then that goes back to Prince dying from prescription drugs, from painkillers. Mm-hmm. So you look back and we're like, oh, it's like it's that dimming of that light. And so for me, through the Grateful Dead, the next lesson would be turn on that love light to really see who I was. And the more I learned to love myself and fall in love with who I was at the Grateful Dead, then boom, I started meeting the band. And then they started introducing me to other bands. And the next thing I know, I'm hanging out with the Almond Brothers, and they're singing about your soul shine and all these songs about um, life. And, and, you know, oh, my God, it's so amazing when people really sit down and listen to the music. So I listened to the music, and it changed my life. That would be the second thing. And the Mm -hmm. third thing was the awakening, the spiritual awakening I had in Costa Rica in 2012 when my kundalini rose. And I realized that in life, since the beginning of time, it's all about stories. And so we have a lot of stories that repeat. We have good stories and bad stories. And it's where we allow ourselves to be a character in that story is how we can help humanity and help the planet Earth. So first one was the realization that we need to draw from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. There's plants here for the people. The second is the mystery and magic of the music. Yeah. 
and then an acknowledgement that we will repeat patterns until we shift. Yeah. And we're given an opportunity to do that many times, as many times as it takes. Yes, because ultimately life is the school, is the lesson. Here we have to live in a world of love. And the more you love and the more you give love, share love, spread love, then the more your world opens up for you. (laughs) Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Straightforward and clear. It is, but, I mean, it took me 48 years to realize all of it. I mean, sure, over the past 10 years as I've been working on people, a lot of it's become more clear and relevant. But each day it's like another awakening for me. I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for this message or downloads I received last night or I just see the beauty of being alive. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, you can hear it in your voice. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Now, Jane, on your website, this part really intrigued me. On your website, you said that you are a keeper of keys. What does this mean, and what do the keys symbolize? Well, a friend of mine from the North Mississippi All-Stars, when his father died, he wrote a song about the keys to the kingdom, and he's talking about going up to the kingdom of heaven. The road to heaven is paved with our deeds, our deeds and our actions. And when we get there, we have the keys because the keys will allow us to enter into any door that we perceive as heaven. Heaven on earth for a surfer would be at the beach with the waves coming. Beautiful water looking at it every day. That would be heaven on earth for the surfer. Heaven on earth for a botanist might be hiking through uh, the rainforest and looking at plants all day. Heaven on earth for a skier is in a ski town when it's snowing every day. Powder storms, powder, powder, powder. So everybody's heaven on earth might be a little different, but it still remains in what they call heaven, right? Because it's very interesting. I live in a town called Telluride, which is originally called To Hell You Ride. (laughs) Okay. And it's one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. It is gorgeous i'm so far from a stoplight i don't have business here there's no mcdonald's there's no burger king there's not any of that here in my town it's a little bit different and you can walk right out your door and you can go skiing you can go biking you can go hiking you can do all sorts of things we have an ice rink we have a hockey rink we have everything for people to do that they would want to rafting and so that's heaven on earth for so many people here So being a keeper of the keys is allowing people to realize what is heaven for them. What is your dream? What is your dream in this life? And how do we use the keys that you have already been given to your doors, the doors of perception, and open them for you to move forward, to help you find love, joy, happiness in your life? Really like that because I know people are listening, and the way you're explaining it gives all of us a way to look at our lives right now. So I know for myself, as you were talking, I asked myself, gee, am I in my Garden of Eden? Do I have keys to my kingdom? And living in Sebastopol, yes, I do. The other part, am I doing the work that I love? Yes, I am. Am I laughing every day, sleeping well, eating healthy? Yes, I am. So if I got a no for any of those questions, based on the tool that you just offered, I'd be able to take that and run with it. So, Jane, thank you for offering that. I understand now what the keeper of the keys means. Yeah, and so in essence, you are a keeper of the keys, too, because you, it's the uh, Miriam Williamson Nelson Mandela 
speech of who are you not to shine? Mm -hmm. Because when you liberate yourself, you actually show others how to do it for themselves too. So when I walk through life and I am a temple, a healthy temple that puts good food into my body and meditates and does yoga and is happy and spreads joy and love and bliss, instead of being somebody who's the amusement park where the carnies hang out and there's cotton candy and junk food and stuffed animals and weird games and weird energy, then the temples walk along and they show other people how to be temples. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you had a Kundalini experience. And when I was doing the research for our time together, I believe it was in May and December of 2012. And what you said about that is there were some learned behaviors or patterns of fear, mistrust, anger, survival issues, distrust in spirit and the universe. And then you had an opportunity to shift that to trust and love and faith and joy and unconditional love and light. Can you share with our listeners what this experience was like for you and what is a Kundalini rising? Okay, so Kundalini rising is a spiritual awakening to what I'm going to call the laws. There's the laws of gravity. There's the laws of time, whatever. And we each have a law of what we consider morally right or wrong, okay? And so my experience is one of the oldest stories on the planet Earth. So I'm in uh, Costa Rica, which they call Pura Vida, which means pure living, pure life. So I'm down there, and I buy some land from a guy, a bath man, a Basque French man, who was a superior male or thought he was. And I bought this piece of land because the piece next door to it that I really wanted with the big, huge trees and everything, I couldn't buy it because I had to put an $80,000 bridge in to get over this little ravine area so I could build the house. So lo and behold, years later, I go back and my neighbor has decided along with the Basque guy that owns the whole ranch that they can just take some of my land to build a driveway. So there's a law in Costa Rica that if your property goes under a certain amount, because I had 5,000 square meters, if it goes under that, I had over that. If it goes under that, you can never sell it because that's how they rule their agricultural lands down there. So one of the oldest stories on the planet is the queen tells Cortez and people, go out and steal their lands, trick them, give them gold, whatever, right? So I'm down in Costa Rica, and these guys start doing this to me. And I get smart enough through listening to music and Jerry Garcia singing Wake Up to Find Out You Are the Eyes of the World. And I was like, that's my land. I know that's my land. Right? And I start talking to the guys, and I'm asking them if we can make a deal, an agreement. Maybe they can help me build a little pull-in area so I can build a little garage and have my pull-in and make an agreement because we're all adults. So then the American guy who stole the land and built his driveway and is planting plants and taking more and more of my land every day, an American man, asked me what Jerry Garcia would do. <laughs> well, I was like, well, I know Garcia. And so through this whole experience, the Bass guy got very upset with me because in Costa Rica, if I had told on him, he would never be able to sell the property to any land to anybody ever again for the rest of his time ever. And he would be in a national registry as a land thief. And I was telling people that he reminded me of a man named Cortez. So it starts to get really crazy down there because the energy of what was going on in Costa Rica, this is happening all over the place down there, is people didn't want me to get my story out. So it was like I was running for my life out of Costa Rica, literally. 
And when I got back to the United States, I made the last ferry. Like, I'm, I was like, I, it was hard for me. Everything was getting delayed. They were trying to hold me back, and I was praying to the angels and God to get me out of there. Make it back to the U.S., and over the next few months, I start praying, and I'm seeing it further shows and bands that are still related to the Grateful Dead that still play. And I was at, I would every night go in and meditate at a big round table. And I would imagine Jerry Garcia and these guys sitting at a big table, like King Arthur's round table. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, you want my land so bad? You can buy it from me. And one night in San Francisco, (laughs) (laughs) they played this song, Miracle. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my friends from Amadou, way into awe of the divine uh, goddess that's giving all the love on the planet earth healing everybody the hugging saint mm-hmm. they show up and all these men that i know are showing up to sit at my round table all night hanging out with me in the show and they played miracle and i knew it right then because i said during that song to them i was like buy the land boom next day my caretaker down there tells me oh my god he wants to buy the land and i was like you're right so i got out of that story But you want to hear something weird. Down in Costa Rica, there's a tree, and it's a big yellow tree. And when it blooms, they call it the Cortez tree. And so I, when I got out of that land, I took some salt, and I salted the area, and I said, no evil shall cross this line. And I knew who was in there, right, Mm -hmm. to keep me out of that place because I was on the other side of there. It's just some salt, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And so then that guy takes a picture of himself. He grows a beard. And he puts it on Facebook, and it, the name of that tree is the Cortez tree. So now I'm down there. I was just down there again, and everybody I'm run into is telling me the same story. So and so stealing my life. I was like, Oh, did you stand up for yourself? Mm-hmm. And the one guy's like, No, and now he's got leg problems. The other guy, I'm like, So did you stand up for yourself? Well, no, and now we've got all these other problems, like our our land's getting flooded, weird, and all these crabs and stuff are showing up. I was like, Uh huh. <laughs> so. Ultimately, with this kundalini rising for me, what the experience taught me was to tell the truth and to call the truth out to people. Good, bad, indifferent, whether they like me or love me, I didn't come to the planet Earth for all the billions of people to like me. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm a truth teller, and I'm going to tell them the truth. And when the truth ain't told, then it ain't good. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the laws. Is that when you realize that you are a truth teller and part of your challenge was to step into that role? Yeah, and to step into that role for sure. And I did it in a world of a bunch of men. And it was uh, definitely a woman's empowerment and being like, you know, this has gone on. This is the same story that's been going on for, gosh, a long, 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 long time. Because where I live, we put all the Indians on the reservation and stuck them out in the middle of nowhere and took their land. That's just another story, though. Jane, when you put on the truth, did it feel natural to you? Did it feel, okay, I am a truth teller? Actually, for the last few years, up until just when the year the monkey started, it was very hard because I wasn't quite fully empowered with being okay with it because mm-hmm. I started to chase a lot of people away. And what I've realized now over the past few years is I didn't really want them at my dinner table anyway. I didn't want to break bread with their thievery, their lying, their cheating, their whatever their word was that comes up, their truth, mm-hmm. you know, because we've all been everything. I stole stuff when I was a kid. I lied when I was a kid. I did all sorts of bad things. I've hated something. I did it all. <laughs> I did it all, but I've learned now, no, I can't do that. It doesn't make me feel good. Ugh, yeah. It doesn't make me feel good. At all. I can't. 
can't like hate an animal or I can't hate a person. I can't. It's just I have to take that more path of I just choose not to have you at my dinner table. I can understand that and I think the value of your message, one of the one of the values of your message is for our listeners. We are all something. We all came here to be something, to experience things, to do things. And wouldn't it be neat if people took a moment, you say you were a truth teller. Another person might be something else. Another person might be something else. And it would be a nice mantle to wear. It feels very solid and strong to me. That's my sense. Yeah. There's a group of people like right now that I would reach out to that are here to help heal the ocean because the plastic's choking it. And so as a truth teller, I'm going to tell them the truth right now. Take it to the volcano and burn it. Take it all to the volcanoes and burn it. That's the only way we can get rid of it. We can't shoot it out into outer space. To get rid of it. The truth is we can burn it up right here on the planet Earth. It's been ringing and crying and making a lot of noise lately. Jane, I'd love to take a little break. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you more about how you combine all of your alternative therapies. You're listening to Healing Conversations with host Mildred Lynn McDonald. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Jane, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi. So I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to continue our conversation. You are masterfully trained in a number of alternative therapies. You're an acupuncturist, a massage therapist, a herbalist, a sound therapist, a certified nutritionist, and Western clinical herbalist. How do these modularities complement each other? Okay. I think the complement would be coming from what we call the there's seven layers of reality, and there's also seven layers of healing. And so there's seven dimensions, we'll call them, right? And the first dimension would be the crystal dimension. And so then the second dimension would be the plant. And the third dimension is where humans dwell. The fourth dimension is when we start to get into where the shamans will start to head into and where spirits can get trapped and things like that. The fifth dimension would be the archangels, angelic, ascendant, masters, gurus, teachers, sages, etc. The sixth level of healing would be the laws. And the seventh level would be where the creator of all that is dwells. That it's created everything, all universes, everything. And so I've, what I've realized over the last few years is that a lot of this, like the acupuncture is me touching the body and going in through an energetic using metal, which comes out of the earth, because that's where the needles are made from. It's, it's one of the oldest medicines on the planet earth. And they're using the plants and to help people. And you use a lot of crystals and things to work with. People are a lot of hard stones in there too. I'm also trained in crystal healing. So I have the Western herbalist too, and the Chinese herbalist. So I took that first dimension and second dimension and kind of like just learned those. I don't know why. I just was like, wow, this is cool stuff. And I wear crystals all the time. <laughs> I use plants all the time. And then I live in the third dimension, which I was kind of like, I walk around in here sometimes and I'm like blown away at how humans treat each other and blown away how women treat each other. And I was like, wow, this is kind of weird in this dimensional space. 
it's just what is. It's just a story unfolding. I can see a lot of beauty, and I can see a lot of the other side going on in this 3D world, too. In the fourth dimension, I started tapping into the shamans. When I was about five years old, I took my mom to a man I had known from a past life. So that was cellular memory, pure and simple. That was like I told somebody I was going to come here on this specific mission, and then I woke up and remembered it as a child, which is a weird one. Six, the laws was me almost going to law school, and then I'm walking down the street one day here in Telluride, and I see this big thing from John Grishman, I think it was, the client. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the word client is the word what? Lie. In oh, my middle God. Of- so then I asked the guy that I work for that is my godfather <laughs> I've known in my whole life. I was like, Richard, do you, you know, do we, do you lie for people? He goes, well, we just kind of change, move the story or tell, you know, give the facts that we, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. So then I prayed for guidance and direction. I prayed into that seventh level, that seventh dimension at the top of the mountains every day. I prayed for guidance and direction. And boom. The Columbine massacre happened here in Colorado, and I went home one day after doing something here in Telluride. My roommate was watching the television, mm-hmm. and I pointed at the TV because right after the Columbine massacre came a thing called the Rocky Mountain Center for Botanical Studies. And I said, I'm going to go there. And six weeks later, I moved. Oh, my. You certainly are a woman of action, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the one getting in between you and your goal. <laughs> calls me Indiana Jane, <laughs> which is so funny because I, in my astrological chart, I have Neptune like at zero, like barely at one degree, and then I have nothing for for many houses. So I'm very much about like, oh yeah, I'm on this mission. I think my assignments come when I'm sleeping. I don't remember my dreams all the time, but I know I'm very vivid in there. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm like actually off receiving my mission, my assignments at night or something. Wouldn't surprise me, Jane. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Now, in terms of learning, when you're talking about your journey and going here and going there, I sense a big enthusiasm. So are you an innate life learner? How does that play out for you? Oh, yeah, I love going to school. I love going to school. If I was a billionaire, I would just be in school all the time because I was intrigued by the information the knowledge and it's just so interesting when you actually get really into what sound therapy and what massage therapists and everybody's doing they're just trying to heal the dis-ease because that's just another word disease Mm -hmm. dis-ease that means you're not feeling so good huh and so if people actually did things that made themselves feel better because when I listen to music I feel pretty good then they would actually start to get rid of that and find out what makes them find joy and love and peace and happiness. And what I really like about you is that you can study all these different areas. You can integrate the areas. Your verbiage is very understandable. So you can share with anybody. And it makes sense because as you're talking, I'm going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So that is also a gift that you have. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. I'd like to also ask you, you're offering all these therapies, you're putting them together, you're helping people, you're healing people, you're guiding people, you're educating people. People come to see you. What are the three most common reasons they come to see you, both men and women? How do they show up on their healing journey at your door? What are they looking for? So I actually can do distance healing. I do a lot of work over Skype and over FaceTime with people. They don't have to come see me. 
They only come see me if they actually want to be in my bubble, as they call it, to get the acupuncture and the sound healing in that sacred space. Mm-hmm. And they're welcome to do that. People will come to me for many different reasons. Look at the three, three first clients I had yesterday. First client yesterday came to me on his healing journey because he had been prednisone poisoned many times because he was eating food allergens and things that didn't resonate with his system. And it all ultimately went back to death of the sister to suicide. So he was um, had a lot of emotions locked inside of him. And so with the food, because food is emotion, he would eat poisonous foods and have reactions. Pretty soon they prednisoned him enough that he gained a lot of weight and his skin looked very bizarre with all these huge boils and volcanic acne and stuff everywhere. And he wouldn't wear short sleeve shirts anywhere in public. He couldn't eat out very much. So he came along on his healing journey because he's a ski patrol <laughs> and he saw me skiing and they're all like, gosh, that girl's really healthy and she's always having fun and happy. <laughs> and so now after a few years, yesterday morning, his skin is awesome. He's like, oh, I had three cashews and then within minutes my skin broke out. And I was like, okay. So he's like, I realized I can't eat those. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's all right. Whatever. There's other nuts. And he's like, but man, I'm so happy and this is happening. And his life's just rolling along so much better because he's actually cleaning the temple up a little bit oh okay he was taking care of the temple every day he meditates now every day and he's like i meditated with this meditation every day for 17 days in hawaii oh my god he started to tell me the stories about where the meditations take him instead of the story about who he's pissed off at good point yeah good point i don't like her or i don't like him so that's a good one Let's see, the second thing that people come to me because they are emotionally going through something and they're not quite sure what's going on they're like I don't know what to do because they're in turmoil emotionally and getting to a point where they're sitting on the fence and having to choose which path they're going to take in their life. They're going to keep doing what they're going to do mm-hmm. or are they going to change their path and maybe wake up a little bit and help people. So they'll come in in tears and then I'll place them. I do a lot with them then and we go through a lot of realms of the healing with sound and talk and then acupuncture and more sound therapy and then we will get them to come to a specific word that may have been holding them back say they were shamed as a child or told they weren't kind enough or smart enough and then we pull that program belief system and alter it and change it to whatever's for their best and highest good so people will come to me when they're getting into a place of totally just not knowing which way to go anymore they're very like getting uh, frustrated and emotionally off balance. We are all divine. We were made from stardust. We are children of God or the creator of all that is, each and every one of us, whether we believe it or not. I don't really care what anybody believes, you know, because in every belief there's a lie too. (laughs) Look at the word. (laughs) Period. That's it. They're all just words. That's what you do that no other species on the planet does is what? Talk. Oh, my. So is there one, one other little story you wanted to tell us about a common reason why people come for a little visit? Or, or as you said, come for a virtual visit. I get for phone calls or for distance healing when the turmoil has come inside the castle and things are really breaking down then. Because something's been thrown on the table for the family over and over and over again. Maybe it was cheating. Maybe it was lying. Maybe it was theft. Maybe it was dishonoring, whatever the word is, right? Something's going on. And so then when the boat's getting rocked really intensely, I often get both sides calling me. 
to help oh. them figure out. And what I will do then is if I have to disperse some of the energy out, is I'll send somebody off to a shaman to get a soul retrieval, to get them to get a little bit of work done. Okay, I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, you really have to be secure in your truth-telling stance to be able to walk into the arena and do this work. Yeah, I think that's why I'm a Taurus. Maybe they could put me in the arena with that five planets in Taurus and I'm a little bit bullheaded. Yeah, well, Jane, you definitely have staying power. (laughs) And stamina. I'm 118 pounds and I buy little girls' clothes. And so some people get around me and they're like, you're like a 300-pound truck driver. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, I know. (laughs) But not really. Oh, my heavens. Now, you talked a little bit about your sound healing, and I know that that gift and that practice has brought you into the musical arena, and you alluded to that a little earlier. This is a rare glimpse that most people don't have. Like, what have you what have you learned by being exposed to musicians or performance, all that feel? That's fascinating. Things I learned at the Grateful Dead, wake up to find out that you are the eyes of the world which is one of their songs. Mm-hmm. Then they sang another song about throwing stones. And in that song, they talk about there's a whole world full of petty wars. I got mine and you got yours. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty interesting. So I listened to the stories and I saw the storyteller as the shaman. And Jerry Garcia used to say, the end is never told. They pay the teller off in gold in hopes he will return. So it's just another story. So I saw what these musicians were doing. They're standing up there in this 1960s when we had watched what had happened in the Korean War and then they were going through the Vietnam War. And all of a sudden, all these musicians start waking up and screaming at humanity for what? Peace and love? And so I heard the message. I was also born in 1968. It probably helped a little bit, too, to be born in that mm-hmm. energy field, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody from the Grateful Dead through to Queen singing Under Pressure you know, they're banned mm-hmm. out of the United Kingdom, and they're under the pressure of who? Huh? What's the name of the band? The Queen? Hmm, interesting story, isn't it? And then you can think of their band Guns and Roses. So there's either Roses or there's Guns, and there's a guy named Axel Rose, and he sings about a song about Welcome to the Jungle. And he's talking about how the jungle gets crazier and crazier every day, and he sings a song, Paradise City. They're just stories, though. They're all telling stories. But I listened. Most people, when they go to these shows, they aren't listening at all. Because I listened, I was also able to hear when the angels said, oh, well, they want to meet you. And I was like, okay. And then I'd walk over, and boom, there I would get his backstage pass. Or next thing I know, boom, I'd be talking to Robert Randolph, who sings about joy mm-hmm. and love. So one of my very all-time favorite people in the whole world is a man named Warren Haynes. who used to play with the Allman Brothers, and now he plays with a band named Government Media. And he sings a song called Soul Shine. It's through the music that I was awakened to remember what my mission or what my dharma was here on the earth to help people just kind of listen and wake up and be nice to each other. And Jane, how do you help the performers? Because I know that you have a role there and you show up. How does that look? I do a lot of healing work on them before they actually walk out on the stage. Yes. Stay with Warren. If I go in, I'll work solely on his both of his arms because he plays 230 to 250 nights a year. So it, he has a lot of carpal tunnel issues. And the doctors wanted to give him surgery. And I was like, don't get the surgery. Let's do it with tuning forks and acupuncture and massage. And we'll help you find your person in this city and that city. And when I show up, I'll work on you and blah, blah. And so when I work on him, then I work on him and 
And I go out and I stand in the crowd and I shine my love light. And it's amazing. People now know in the industry when I've been there because of the difference of the energy coming out of the musician. And with Warren, he'll watch his hand because all of a sudden his hand moves better, faster. Because he's amazed at what's pouring out of him, too. You must have some energetic connection with musicians. Yes. Because if you didn't, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be able to do what you do to the no. extent that you do. And it sounds like you have lots of fun with it and you get a kick out of it. Oh, I love it. And I think my energetic connection is that I hear what they're saying. Yes. And so they don't even, we don't even have to have that conversation. They already know from what I'm doing and who I am that I heard them. God gave me two ears and one mouth, so I listen. <laughs> but you can also talk when you need to, too. Yeah. <laughs> we go through life. People inspire us. Who are your mentors? Who inspires you? What energizes you? What nourishes you? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Nature is one of my biggest, my biggest nurture and my passion is to, to be in Mother Nature. I love it. I'm just so in awe, whether I'm skiing or mountain biking or at the beach. I'm just blown away by the beauty of Mother Nature. My mentors, see, the Dalai Lama, Alma, Jerry Garcia, Prince, Lord Shiva, Shakti, uh, the Buddha, my friends, my teachers, like so many teachers along my path, a woman named Beatrice Wade, a Mayan woman that I studied with, mm-hmm. Brant Segunda, Jade Wahoo, a woman named Susanna Sophia Hart, who's an angel, channeler from Sedona. She's oh, a beautiful, beautiful soul. My father, who through his suicide taught me how to find love instead of hate. Uh, my mother for being so supportive and just being the most incredible person in the world. And for any of my friends who ever saw who I was that supported me and kept just telling me to keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, beautiful. That's nice. Really nice. And I'm amazed that you can remember all those people. <laughs> you've, got some, you've, you've got some memory on you. <laughs> People are listening. I'm sure they're very, very intrigued and curious to learn more about who you are and what you do. How about sharing your website, how to contact you, and then I'd love to know what's coming up in the next year. My website is lovelight, L-U-V-L-I-G-H-T dot net. And one of the best ways to contact me is through there or via Facebook. People can private message me on Facebook. Jane, J-A-N-E, Del Piro, that's two separate words, so it's D-E-L, capital P-I-E-R-O. They can also contact me at Jane, J-A-N-E, at lovelight, L-U-V-L-I-G-H-T, dot net. And in 2016, the rest of 2016, my birthday's coming up next week. I've been home from Costa Rica a couple days. I'm working. It's snowing. I'm in love with the snow. And I'm getting ready to <laughs> to Peru on Tuesday to go do ceremony with a man named John God in Machu Picchu for my birthday. Leading retreats and doing more work with people. That'll be posted on my website as it comes up or on Facebook. Depending, if I get busy, then I'll have time to keep changing and adding things. People just know what I'm doing and find out because they already know. They, a lot of people don't, I don't even advertise to. They're just, they're not on Facebook. They're in a whole different realm. Right, right, right. They're texting me and telling me where to go. I'm presenting at the Telluride Yoga Festival doing a sound healing event with gongs and 
a cacao ceremony so people can come to that or check that out. There's a lot that will be going on over the next year, and I will be leading retreats and taking people to places of power. I'll be doing some work here with people in Telluride and having healers and people come here to do work. And I do distance healing with people all the time, so that's the easiest way people can get a hold of me if they want distance healing. Once again, just like your journey through your life and learning about things, your 2016 calendar sounds very organic. Yeah, well, I'm a monkey, so let's go swing through the jungles. Here we are in 2016. It's going to be great. (laughs) And if you can just one more time share your website. My website address again is lovelight, L-U-V-L-I-G-H-T dot net. And my name is Jane, J-A-N-E, Del Piero, D-E-L, capital P-I-E-R-O. So, Jane, I absolutely love talking to you today. Actually, I had a ball. My face has had a big smile on it for the last hour. (laughs) I hope that we have an opportunity to meet each other. I would really like that. I'll be in San Francisco this summer. Well, if you're in San Francisco and the spirit moves you, you know where I am, Sebastopol, and you know that there's a drawing card called the Grateful Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. You're listening to Healing Conversations with Mildred Lynn McDonald. As I said, I'm here in Sebastopol. Just had a fabulous chat with Jane Del Perro. She's in Colorado enjoying the snow. And if you are in her area or if you're on Facebook or if you'd like to go to her website, I am sure that you will really, really enjoy the experience. Thank you so much, Jane, and look forward to seeing you when you're in Northern California. Thank you. Shine on, sister. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us next time for Revolution with Heisey Lutmers, Sunday morning at 1030 a.m.